Yo, 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 this is Dex. And this is Jay. And this is Complicated Discord. We're joined by three very special guests. Uh, we have Shayla. Uh, Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me, guys. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell some of the viewers a little bit about yourself? Well, hello, everyone. I am Shayla. I am from the 757 area of Virginia, two up, two down, you know, <laughs> is for lovers. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, with all the love, I am a, let's see, I am a Jane of all trades, I will say, <laughs> a middle school business teacher, but I hold a master's degree in library media science. I am also endorsed to teach history and English. I am a Reiki master, so I balance and align all your chakras and energy. I wrap crystals. I'm a spiritual coach, and I'm just really dope. I think. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> that is that is that is that is the amazement of the black woman right there. I, <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> We're also joined by Calvin Austin. Uh, go ahead, Calvin. Hey, good night. How's it going? Uh, so my name is Calvin Austin. I'm a Florida Bard attorney. I, you know, grew up with a military father, so I've lived pretty much all over the place, Virginia, Nebraska, New York. Right now I'm living in Florida, practicing law. Um, specifically, I work in like discovery uh, work, but um, I am the husband of a nurse, father of two kids, one on the way. And, you know, that's, that's about who I am. Congratulations, man. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. And by the way, I know all about discovery. Oh my God, more what power to you. What is that? Um, basically, well, you know what? Let, let Calvin explain what yeah. discovery is. You know, he's the attorney. So a lot of the work I do is project-based. So I work for different companies, but essentially when a large company is getting sued, uh, the first part is they have to now turn over a lot of the documents that are related to the litigation. But when it's like huge companies and they're dealing with their email communications and their graphs and their charts, it ends up being hundreds of thousands of pages of documents. So uh, a law firm on their own wouldn't have the time or the ability to go through all that and find all the relevant information. So they bring in discovery companies like the ones I work for, where now they're now able to go through those documents and search for information relevant to litigation, look for any issues related to like privilege or confidentiality you know, things like things of that nature. So we'll, we do a lot of the work in terms of just searching through for any information that helps them either prove their case or helps them defend their case because, you know, there's discovery companies that work for both sides of plaintiff as well as defense. See, on and to add to that, on the smaller, I work for a smaller law firm. Yeah. And for us, discovery is, you know, like say we have a family, uh, family case, yeah. we have to reach out to the opposing counsel and get mandatory disclosure, financial affidavit, bank statements, things that the judge can look at to paint a picture of, you know, the finances in a marriage, the, 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 the items that are going to be split with equi equitable distribu distribution <laughs> and things like that, you know, okay. so... How long does it, how long does it take? It, it depends. Like, oh, I know it takes... It, 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 it can be... It can be, it can range because different projects I've done, like sometimes it lasts a week before it's closed down because they either come to a settlement or they, 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 uh, they, you know, end the case one way or another. But I was on one project that lasted over almost a year. Wow. So that's a year that we're just going through documents like every day, eight hours a day, just going through documents. Yeah. That's great. Oh, I mean, we, we, we're lucky in the sense that now everything is digital. So we're going through stuff on a computer. In the past, it was actual physical boxes of documents that you're you're combing through, and and this is important because you could miss a document that could completely ruin an entire case. Absolutely, uh, that's great. And then now we have Alex. Good, Alex. Tell me about yourself. Hey, what's going on, everybody? So my name is Alex Austin. Um, Calvin Austin's brother, and um, basically I'm a musician. <laughs> Love what I do. I do primary care, taking care from a uh, newborn. Uh, used to do deliveries. I try to stay away from that all the way up to the very elderly. Um, and honestly, I consider myself a student of life, always trying to learn, always trying to read and uh, just grow the knowledge base. Okay, 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 great. And to answer your question, he is the older brother. He's the eldest of four or five? Four months. Four. four. Okay, yeah. and then, um, then your sister, she's older than you or... A little younger than me. 
Okay, we'll see. Else is about you know. <laughs> All right. Well, today we're uh, we're gonna you know, tackle a couple of, of interesting topics. Uh, the first thing we're gonna we're gonna talk about is the coronavirus epidemic. You know, coronavirus. It's it's been hitting us hard, man. Um, business has been shut down. People are being held on quarantine, and it's it's just it's a whole thing. It's rough out here. It's really rough. And then you know it's even worse because Florida, our numbers have been. Biking because people mm-hmm. can't stay their ass in the house. Mm-hmm. Oh God, no manners. <laughs> uh, I really like to tan too, but Florida is not the move right now. Right, right. <laughs> Listen, don't tell no one in Florida that though. They they don't want to hear you. Trying to hear. Nope. And you know it's crazy because we went from from being on lockdown, mm-hmm. you know, to finally being let outside with the small caveat of hey wear a mask and a lot of people can't even do that you know and that's that's crazy to me in in fact you know what let me let me share this little video with you guys didn't they say that the heat kills it they did but it's really hot here in florida and it it was supposed to it was supposed to the numbers that we have i'm like i don't i don't see that that's true but but that's where these things start they start with people saying well this is gonna stop that like think about this back in africa a couple of like a while back it was hey if you have sex with a virgin it'll cure aids <laughs> that was that was a thing. That's what people, I've never heard that. I've never heard that one either. <laughs> in certain in certain in certain tribes, that's what it was. It was hey, if you if you sleep with a virgin, you know it'll it'll cure you. You'll be good to go. And they found that that wasn't the case. Obviously, okay. you know yeah. this might be one of those things. Said again, show. We got to bring out the virgins. <laughs> you know what? With the with the time we're in today, it's going to be kind of hard to find out. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, listen, let me let me go ahead and share this with y'all real quick. I, I want y'all to see this video. Uh, give me a sec. Was it a video of? Huh? You'll you'll see. Just watch the video, buddy. <laughs> so look look at this. This is America. This is America. You want to call me selfish for not wearing a mask? I'm going to say you. All the people calling me selfish. You're the one who's trying to force me a medical procedure so you can feel more safe. And that is what I wanted you to see. I feel like that is absolutely insane. So for Alex, <laughs> you being a doctor, <laughs> what are your thoughts on that, man? Um, I feel like that's ridiculous. I mean, let's think about what we're asking. We're asking people just to wear a mask to reduce the risk of spread. So if you have it, if you don't have it, say you're pre-symptomatic where you don't even have symptoms yet. You can actively spread the virus. And, and that's, I think, the part that people are just not understanding and getting. So before, even similar thing with uh, influenza, right? Um, before you feel sick, you can actively be spreading the virus. Um, I'll talk to people and they said, you know, I don't think I'm at much of a risk um, or I am positive, but my roommate isn't positive and we live in the same vicinity. Um, so that means I'm good to go back to work, right? And I say, no, no, no. We have to follow the CDC guidelines. Think about it. Um, I've seen some videos or some pictures out where people are wearing a mask and they say, well, this is how much it reduces transmission. This is a bug that spread over respiratory and droplets. And now they're saying even airborne. And so if I sneeze or cough, you can imagine that's going to go a certain amount of distance. What's the distance on that? It's like- say it again. So what's the distance on that? Let's say somebody coughs. What's the distance? It's maybe like two feet or something like that? Yeah, I think they say um, a majority of it is going to hit maybe at the two to three feet range, but yeah. it can continue to spread um, six feet plus. Wow. Um, so using social distancing plus wearing the mask will really help to reduce. And I mean, we look at other countries, they've been doing that. They say, you know, you've been doing well, we're in lockdown, we're going to let you back out, but you need to wear the mask. And, and I find that to be crazy. If it's like you gave them an inch, they take a yard. It's like, hey, we could just put you all back on lockdown. Then what? 
Yeah, and, and the economy tanks again. I mean, absolutely. we really can't afford that right now. Honestly. I, I mean, we we can't, and that's the that's the thing. These measures are set in place so we don't have to close the economy down. Exactly. So we can say something like, "Hey, instead of no one being able to work because we all have families to feed." Wear a mask. It's, it's really just that simple. And people can't even do that. Might I add that what I find kind of interesting is people are saying, oh, man, we shouldn't have to wear a mask. Uh, we're not slaves. But you know, you're taking away our constitutional right. But yet some of these people were perfectly fine with taking away the constitutional right of black people everywhere. <laughs> like, that, that is amazing to me. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you, you bring up a great point, especially bring mentioning the uh, the Constitution, because of the guy was uh, mentioning, it made me think of the First right. Amendment, sure. where okay. we all have the speech, but yeah. it's within reason. You're not allowed to say whatever you want, whenever you right. want. There's limits on that freedom. Like, just like you're not allowed to yell out fire in a crowded theater because now you're putting people's lives at risk. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're going to be a mask because you're protecting lives. You're not only protecting yourself, but you're those around you from risk. And, you know, it may be able to implement changes or rules that, you know, aren't really that significant because you're, you're, you're protecting people but maintaining the, I don't understand why these people aren't able to, to see this. They, they, I guess they assume because they haven't gotten sick or hasn't affected them personally, that it's not an issue overall. And you kind of see the same mentality when it comes to Black Lives Matters and other things like that, because they haven't seen the issue personally. They think, oh, well, it's just not a problem. So we don't have to deal with it. That's a very good point. <laughs> That's a very well, good point. We're all talking about the mask, but I think a great point too is the social distance. I'm still in stores with people who are on my back and I have yeah, to turn. Yeah, yeah. We all experience that, yeah. Like, yo, can you please just back up a little bit? I mean, and this I mean before the virus, honestly. <laughs> so like, I shouldn't have to say that, but I mean, I guess if they feel like, well, I have the mask on, so now I can be even closer to you. You literally have to tell people, like, do you see the, the, the tape? Do you see the signs that say step back six feet distance? But people aren't respecting that either. So that's another issue that's posing. And for me, you know, even thinking about kids and going out in public, that's such a big issue. And, you know, the thing is, a lot of people don't realize, though, you might be single, but the rest of us have children. You know, what, what might not be life-threatening to you or to me, I might now take home not knowing and get, you know, my two infants sick. Now what? Now parent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, it's, it, it, it's ridiculous. Um, you know what I found interesting about that, about that, uh, that video? When the guy said, uh, you're trying to force me to wear a mask so that you can feel safe. Like, that is the most immature, selfish thing I've ever heard anyone say in my entire life. Why? Why is that? Why? Why? That's like that's like me saying, you want me to wear a condom so you won't get AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's the point. <laughs> we, 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 rules are set up to where I won't do something to put your life at danger. But you're calling me selfish for wanting you to respect that rule? Like, of, of course I want to be safe. Yeah. You wouldn't want me to come in and start shooting, you know, because it'll keep me safe because you want to be safe. So why is it you can't give it's like, a collective effort for everybody to be safe? Why exactly. Yeah. So when you yeah. say stuff like you want me to, it, that's selfish because you want to be safe. Absolutely. I want to be safe. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Like, why would I not want to be safe? Yeah. Insanity. I think the craziest what? part is just, it's, that's the hard part about it is it's honestly, I feel like we're a greedy nation a very centered country and it's making itself prominent and and known now in that I only care about myself as an individual and I really don't care what else is going on around me. Everybody cares about themselves and their rights. So, you know, they don't want anybody infringing upon their rights or whatever they think is their rights. It's a problem, man. So you go to other countries, man, and you tell them to put on a mask, they put on a mask. I think in England right now, their numbers are, are pretty low. It's because everybody did a collective effort and, you know, when they told them to do it, they did it, you know? I mean, but at the end of the day, how much of a constitutional violation is that, though? <laughs> I mean, it's I a mean, big it, one, you know? That's, that's, that's something me. that they... Go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say that's something they look at when they look at, you know, the Constitution and whether something is constitutional or not. You're looking at, you know, what burden is being placed on people. And the burden in this case is, is, is a mask. The man said, oh, a, me- a medical procedure. 
putting a mask on your face is not a medical procedure. If I ask you to put a hat on your head, it's, it's not, you know, putting anything burden on you. Let me ask you this. If you have to put a mask on, let's say if you have like COPD or like a breathing issue, asthma or something like that, what's the issue there? No issue. So what they've done, they've actually done studies to say, well, even wearing a mask, you're really not robbing the body of that much oxygenation. A lot of times we get sensitive and we get irritated from wearing the mask. But I'll tell you, since this pandemic started, I had to go to work every single day wearing a mask anytime I talk to patients. Um, yeah, it, it feels uncomfortable. Maybe there's a slight decrease, but there's so much oxygen in the atmosphere. And remember, these masks are breathable, right? We're not wearing a very restrictive um, non-rebreather mask where you're not getting any oxygenation. You still have full oxygenation through that. And I mean, air is very permeable. And so as you blow out, I, I'll even say it like this. I can stand next to a patient and I could feel the air coming from their mask. So it's coming in and out very easily. Okay. Here's, here's the thing. And Alex, you might agree with me because you're a doctor. Surgeons have been wearing masks for hours performing mm -hmm. surgery. And then they'll go home and come back the next day and put on a mask for another seven hours to perform a knee surgery. And they're perfectly fine. It's, it's an excuse because now it's, it's all about comfort. I feel like you are messing up my comfort. So I'm going to bitch about it and I'm going to complain about it. That's, that's my personal opinion on this whole, oh, I can't wear a mask. And might I add, it's a choice. Mm -hmm. I understand that, that restaurants need to open because people need to make money. But you going out to eat is a choice. That is not a right. That's a, it's a choice. You are choosing to go to IHOP to grab dinner. You are choosing to go sit down in McDonald's. You can get all this stuff and take your ass home. <laughs> but but when you say stuff like, oh, this is my constitutional right. Ah, that, let me stop you there. No, no. <laughs> it's, not, it's not against your right. If you want to take your food and go home, by all means, you have that right to do so. And I have the right to sit down and say, if you don't wear a mask in my business, I'm going to refuse entry. People refuse entry all the time for less reasons. Mm -hmm. I think in all honesty, the Constitution should go out the window on this one. I mean, within reason, where we're dealing with a worldwide pandemic where people are dying. And we're worried about what this old piece of paper said this many years ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, we got to think about where, where everybody's life is at risk. It, it spares nobody. The virus doesn't care what political affiliation you are what color you are, where you go to school, how much money you have in the bank. It's saying, go ahead. Actually, let Trump tell it, it, it does care about political affiliation, but <laughs> no, one, no one in his team can catch it. <laughs> but no, that, that, is a, that is a fantastic point you have there. And again, more on the, the legal aspect of this is, consider, it, consider this. You can take away someone's constitutional right to bear arms because they have a felony regardless of what it's for. And that is a constitutional right. That was written into the Constitution. And a lot of people don't really care about that. They're fine with you taking away the right of a felon because he might have, you know, for tax evasion. But yet they're complaining that, hey, you know, you can't take away my right to wear a mask, but it's okay to take away someone's right to protect their family. How does that make any sense at all on any route, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, just insane. That's true. That's true. How has this affected? How has this whole masking affected you being a teacher and doing Reiki, Ashay? Well, you know we're in a hot debate right now because you have so many different states. Of course, you guys know you're all attorneys. That state has their own guidelines, and so in Virginia, they're still saying that we need to go back to school. We need to open school and have the children in school. And I was just having this talk with my nail tech today. Like, how can that even be possible? You know, some buildings, my building alone is 65 plus years old. I have no windows in my classroom. How in the world? And you're telling teachers, you don't have to wear a mask when you stand in front of the class to teach. Like, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Don't wear a mask in front of the class to teach. You know, and then you have students. I teach in a lower income section. So you have students, you don't know where they're coming from, who they're living with, what they're being exposed to on a daily basis, what they're bringing in, what we're bringing in. And then, of course, you have some schools that are sending kids to school virtually. So, again, 
that poses an issue for parents. If I have to go to work, but my child stays home, how is it like you guys just are not thinking this through? And then, okay, we're social distancing. So they ride the bus, but they can't ride the bus in more than 20 students. (laughs) So how many stops? My kids alone have to be at the bus stop at Crackle Dawn, which is seven o'clock. (laughs) <laughs> okay. If they are not there, if they are there at 701, the bus is burning wheels up the road. <laughs> so <laughs> and buses do three stops because they do elementary, middle, and high school. We barely had enough bus drivers before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. They did a bus fare, nobody applied. So how can you really expect children to learn safely and parents to feel safe? in an environment where the the it looks so different for every case. I had a friend post on Facebook, she caught the virus and she went blind. Oh wow, I didn't even know that that, that was this a, is a thing. weird virus, man. It seems like it affects right. everybody in a different way, man. Correct. Yeah. So my nanny had it and she was like, she she tested positive twice, but she got over it. But then you have another girl that's like, I, I lost my taste. I lost my eyesight. And I'm just thinking, how in the world do y'all expect us to go into? We barely get supplies from parents. How in the world do you want us to clean up, disinfect behind each student and still teach and still worry about our own safety? And when we leave and go home to our own families, yeah. it makes no like, sense. To- so it's like they're not concerned about you. Correct. No, of course. Yeah. You know, you're not concerned about, for one, I'm not just a teacher, I'm a parent too. Yeah. On the spiritual side, I think it's been great because you've seen people really getting into their health. People are taking CMOS, people are wearing crystals, people, people are focusing are, more on themselves. Yes, they are focusing on their spirituality, their healing. They want to be natural in the things that they take into their bodies. So on that side, it's been great. You know, it's just a part of, you know, teaching. But I'm in awe that people are gardening more. They're just getting into being more earthly and being more organic and getting away from all these foreign things that we put into our bodies that are no good for us anyway. This is like the zombie apocalypse without the zombies, and I'm loving it. (laughs) <laughs> I'm ready to go back to phase one, to be honest, because I, you know, yeah, it was kind of nice, right? <laughs> yeah, I appreciated like being home and not having to worry about the hustle and bustle. We're like robots all the time. Yeah, on you this realize how much, yeah, we were so much structured. It's crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. nice to just sit back and have a breather. And I'm like, what are y'all rushing to go to the club for? What the what what the hell is yeah, at the yeah, club? Yeah. Right? Yeah. The same old crusty ass people that was there last week. And I'm just looking like y'all are nasty. But you know, you can't sit your ass down two seconds. We're never gonna get over this. Yeah, right. You know, it, it's funny you say that, Shay. You kind of segued into the next topic we're gonna talk about. Um, I was gonna bring up, you know, returning kids to school. And the reason I wanted to talk about that was because I noticed and um there was a picture that came out lately, right? And in the picture, they were talking about the the with uh, the, the 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 council that came together to speak on whether the kids were going to go back to school, and the entire council were using Zoom. So I kind of <laughs> I found it funny. Has to use Zoom. Yeah. Why y'all go in front of each other? And yeah, 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 yeah. Ex- exactly. <laughs> like you can't be in a room with twelve people. Uh huh. But just like 30 kids in a classroom. Yes. And who would, if a teacher gets sick, because everybody has to quarantine for 14 days, right? Mm -hmm. So if a teacher gets sick, then do the students have to quarantine for 14 days? Not only that, who's subbing in the the school? That's a good point. I never thought about that. Who's coming in to sub? You have parents that'll send their kids to school with a stomach ache, the flu, all other types of stuff, and they will sit them in the nurse's office all day long. You think they send them to school with coronavirus? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, my, know da- that- my, my daughter, uh, she's seven, and uh, a little bit ago, she was getting sick at school. Uh, she, she got sick for a week straight, so we kept her home. And she got better, and we sent her to school. And two days later, she got sick again, so we kept her home again. 
She has it back to her. Two days later, she got sick again. And what I mean sick, she was throwing up everywhere. Wow. Like, yes. Sick, sick. And the, the, the principal came to the house and said, hey, she hasn't been in school for quite some time. What's going on? So we had to tell her, listen, you guys need to do a better job. I'm not saying it's your fault, but I'm sending my daughter to school and she's sick every week. Mm-hmm. Like, you have parents bringing their sick children to school. Yeah. You want me to get her there and I understand that, but I'm not going to keep putting her at risk when you have the parents that you know, they have to go to work, so they're gonna they're gonna knowingly drop their sick kids off. How are you gonna sit down and tell them that that's not gonna happen once they let you back in from the coronavirus? That is a legitimate fear, you know. I have I have a, a, a seven year old and I have a two year old. On top of that, I have an elderly my elderly father staying with me. You know, mm-hmm. so if one of my kids gets sick, that's an entire that's a thing. Like the entire house is, is screwed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a wipe. And think about it. Public schools get funding. So those kids not coming to school, that's a funding thing. You know, that's what we really should be talking about is the funding. That's what they want to keep coming in the door. I mean, ever since the pandemic happened, we've still been providing lunches for kids because sometimes that's the only lunch or breakfast they get. Mm -hmm. My school is 100% free lunch free breakfast. So imagine you think a parent is not sending their child to school sick. They absolutely are. And like you said, that's a whole entire household that, Hey, you'll repeatedly come sick. If that, if I have to go to work or if your sister can't stay home and take care of you, you're going to school. Cause those are eight hours that I have free that I don't have to worry about what you're doing. So uh, Shayla, let me ask you a question. Being that you're a teacher and a mom, how do you feel about them starting school back? I mean, I understand you want your kids to go to school and get the education, but I know that it worries you that they might get sick. And then on top of that, with you having to go into school as well, if that's the case, you might be, you know, bringing sickness home to them. Like, what are your, what are your, what is your opinion on that whole thing? I think it's gross. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm just, yeah, like, I was a germaphobe before all of this happened, so... I'm a hugger by nature, so I will hug my students, but I will also tell them, like, don't hang out by my desk. Don't touch things on my desk because I know how it can be. I teach middle school, and they just don't wash their hands. Sometimes there wouldn't be soap in the bathroom. So, and my kids are young. They're nine. I have nine-year-old twins. Thankfully, my 18-year-old just graduated. But kids, they're not going to wear a mask all day long. That's one. Okay, they don't even remember to wash their hands sometimes. So let's talk about all the and they don't have sinks in the classroom. We do not have sinks in my classroom. Hand sanitizer is not the end all end all because they're saying you should wash your hands. So I do not feel comfortable. I don't want my kids to go back. You know, they can go back virtually. And I'm I'm not the greatest at teaching all subjects, but. It's plenty of kids who go K through 12 school all the time online. If they kick them out, that's where they send them. It works. You have students who have anxiety and they have to do K through 12. So why can't we make it work instead of exposing these kids and the way the virus works with the kids? We don't really know. It's so different. Kids are getting sick so differently than adults. So why would you expose them to that? And you're saying that the second wave is going to be even worse than the first wave. Right? Man, this is crazy. <laughs> so as, as a mother, I'm just disgusted on so many levels because it's it's a worry. I've had to tell myself, okay, just don't worry about this until August. Yeah. But it's so if they if they decide to start that school, would you be would you go back to teaching or would you tell them nah I'm not I'm not with it? You know, that's something I have really been thinking about. I have really, really been contemplating that because Again, if my children are home, how can I go to school and my kids are home? Yeah. Every day is doing something different. Uh, you know, it's crazy because I have an older son, an older daughter in New York, and they were telling me that they miss school. They want to go back. But I feel the same. Yeah. Like, I don't I'm not I'm not comfortable with that. I'm, when? That's my question. Is when do we think? They'll be ready to go back, you know. When when we, do we, when can we go back to normal? That's when we stop bullshitting <laughs> and, control, and be right? serious about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, like to to like prepare for this conversation, I went and looked at you know some of the stuff that's been happening in Florida, and the there was an executive order put out by uh, the governor, essentially saying you know schools have to open back up 
But I think initially my feeling on it was, you know, this makes no sense. Why would you open up back school? You're putting people at risk unnecessarily. You're putting children at risk. But I think the, the misinterpretation I had was that children were being mandated to go back to school. Exactly. And that's not the case. I think the, the understanding is the rule that he, they're, these, what they're establishing is that the schools have to open up for those who, are, who, are, who want to send their kids. But that doesn't mean that they can't have online education as well or other resources in place. So and they have to like submit a plan saying, you know, like what measures they're putting in place to kind of reduce the risk or stop the spread and things like that. Now, I mean, it, there's no right answer in this situation. And I think the, the main problem that we have to address really is people being forced not to or being allowed not to quarantine and being sent to work. Because right. That's where it's really stemming from. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah, you have that's, parents who. That's yeah, go ahead, sorry. Well, but that's the bigger problem is that the teachers are being threatened. Like they're actually putting that in our contracts that, you know, you can face furlough if you don't report back to work. So it's fine that you're giving parents these options. But what about the educators? And you have a lot of older teachers who've already had health issues who really can't return to a classroom because they're such a high risk being in their 50s and 60s. And with these younger kids being exposed to all types of things. True, true. And I mean, even even from like my particular situation, sorry, but my particular situation has been easier for me because I my, my wife and I raised her sister who's 12 years old, 13 years old. Time flies. But um, <laughs> we, we were raised 13 year old sister. And, um, you know, towards the end of the school year, quarantine hit. So school was shut down. And they started doing online teaching. Which, you know, was fine with us, but I was lucky enough to be able to be working remotely. My wife is a nurse, so, you know, she has to go to work. But that means that we're both still getting paid. But once that stops, or if we're in a position where, for a lot of people, where they're not able to work, or they have to go to work to make sure their bills are getting paid, now you're, you're stuck because if your kid has to go to school, the question is, what do, what do you do? Or even if your kid doesn't have to go to school and they're doing online school, but they're younger, say they're seven years old, now you're stuck because I have to go to work. I can't let my seven-year-old stay at home by themselves. Yeah. So now, and you know, I got to find a way to like put them somewhere. So I guess the, the government has to now find a way to say, all right, well, the schools have to open up because for people who don't have the resources to pay for a nanny or pay for something else, they have to be able to have somewhere to send their kids. It's not the best option, but you know, for those who have the resources, they can keep their kids at home. They can allow them to do remote education but for those who don't have that choice, who have to get their bills paid and have to go to work, now the question becomes, you know, you have to give them an option for somewhere to have their kids during the day because you don't want people leaving their five or six-year-olds home alone and now, they're, you know, they're, they're facing all other kind of risks. You don't know what they're doing because you have to try and get a paycheck or you're, you're, you're trying to bring your kids to school or leaving them in the car Whatever other crazy solutions people try to come up with. <laughs> you met a car. Hey, listen, daddy has to go in here for a couple of hours. I'm going to leave the window open. I'm going to leave you a bottle of water. Don't just, talk to just, nobody. I'll be right back. <laughs> Trouble, just a bottle of water? What about a sandwich? <laughs> right? <laughs> There's so many broken windows, it's not funny. <laughs> no, but honestly, I think the only solution, right? And I've been saying this kind of from the inception of this when this first started. The only way we're going to treat something, right now the cat's out of the bag. We're not going to be able to put it back in the bag, but to stop the hemorrhaging, we need to take, no kidding, we cannot do a half-ass approach. Absolutely. Treat it as a priority. That's what we need. We need to go a hard line and no kidding, shut everything down. And by essential, I'm not talking about restaurants. I mean, yeah, you could even include restaurants, but we have to take a very hard approach in terms of no kidding, stay home for two to four weeks. And if you could do that, we could really slow this thing down. Otherwise, but let me ask you this: the economy can the economy at this point afford that? If it's Another done correctly, it can. Other countries have done it, and their economy didn't have to Well, I think. That we should have done this the first time around. We should have, but yeah. unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, uh-huh. we are an animal of hindsight. Uh, hindsight. <laughs> foresight, hindsight. Yeah. foresight escapes us for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why, but that's yeah. what it is. We don't understand until the worst of the worst happens. Mm-hmm. We have to learn a lesson to learn a lesson. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. 
I got to bump your head. Like, hey, you know. But this is what's going to happen, right? We open up schools. We send kids back to schools. We understand schools almost act like a peachy just, right? Absolutely. That's what Como said. Like my five-year-old from digging his nose. Yeah. And, and hugging or kissing or, or slobbering on somebody else. How are they going to control that in a room full of first graders, second graders, and beyond? Um, but they're saying they're not going to help the kids. They're not going to have the the physical contact. So basically they're saying if the kids come to school, it's going to be like a virtual thing because mm-hmm. they can't get close to the students. But you have so much funding that goes into special education, but you have special education students that come to school who need their diapers changed. So how we are like, and that alone in a pandemic where you're changing somebody's diaper and those are bodily fluids and you have to be the caretaker while they're at school. That's a whole nother can of worms. So it, it, to me, they should have gotten a handle on this when we first got out in March. We've been out since March. Mm-hmm. They we closed in March. Down. Yeah, you have the whole summer to think about this since March. I mean, we were online teaching in March. So why haven't we come up with a solution? Because you do have some states who have gone complete virtual and some, some c- cities who have said, you know what, the kids are now in county. They're not coming back. We're going virtual when school first starts. You know, the part I don't understand is that we're doing one thing over here, something over here, something different yeah. over here. One city or one um, county is imposing a curfew over here. They're at the beach. Yeah. Don't forget that people drive, right? And we're mobile and we jump <laughs> out of the car and be in the and, and that's that's actually something I noticed in the uh, the executive order they were talking about. They were saying that um, it has to be like a, a locally controlled thing in the sense that you have to make decisions based on what's going on in your area. So if you're in Miami-Dade and you have these ridiculous rates of people who are sick, mm-hmm. then, you know, it makes more sense that you're not opening up schools. But if you're in like, say, like some other like more remote county and there's like 0.1 percent of people who have the disease or the, the sickness in that in that county, then it makes a little more sense to try to open up schools. But honestly, I feel like it, it almost should be like a like a like a like an application that people have to submit to be able to send their kids to school. So like unless there's like, like severe necessity that like you have to send your kids to school. And other than that, it's remote. So because that way you give people the option. So so let me ask you a question, Kyle. Say say they do mandate kids going back to school, right? What legal recourse can a parent have, say their kid goes to school and they get sick? Or for example, the teachers for Shayla's you know, case, if they make her go to school because they're like, look, either you come to school or we got to let you go. If she goes to school and she gets sick, what legal recourse could she have? So that's a difficult one because this, this is essentially, you know, this is like a, a novel topic. You know, something that hasn't been addressed before, something that we're all, you know, like this This is putting everybody in situations that they've never been in before. And it, it comes with all new sorts of implications because that was actually one of the first thoughts I had when this disease started hitting was there's going to be a whole lot of lawsuits out of this because um, even when it, first, when it first started, like there were some employers that sent their, their employees home and made them work virtually. There's some that said, nah, you still got to come to work. A lot of law firms are doing that. And, you know, at that point, all, all you, all you, because there's no like legislation on you know what actually you're supposed to do in situations like this, there's there's no rule for it in place yet. So what's going to happen is you're going to have people coming and suing and making all these arguments, trying to to find either a basis to make the schools liable, or the employers liable, or you know, I mean, because there's no rules in place, everything's kind of be going to be kind of like off. Let me ask you this: Are they just going to have people sign waivers? Like for school, some, some some people might try that. Some people might yeah. try that. But the thing about waivers is waivers aren't a hundred percent. You know, like people can still go to, to court and get waivers overturned and say, you know, this was not a valid contract. This wasn't a valid agreement. And especially, you yeah, right. Because especially when you have contracts where one party has all the power and is essentially forcing you to do something, then those contracts are easily seen as as less valid. Because if you're an employer, and I'm saying, look, you either come to to work when I tell you to. And you have a science waiver that says that you can't hold me liable or, you know, you can just stay home and lose your job and not get paid. Courts aren't going to look at that as favorably because they're seeing that this isn't like a, we're not coming at it from the same level. Like, I don't have options here. You're my only option. But you're saying I have to do whatever you say or I can't have my job. 
So, you know, it's, it's not to say that some won't be valued, but what it is is like everything comes down to the facts and circumstances. And that's something they talk about a lot in law is it's a, it's a facts and circumstances analysis. You have to look at, you know, were they required to come in? Did they have the option to come in or not? Where was it mandated? Did the school provide adequate protection? Did they give them PPE? They establish like social distancing measures. Did they try and take measures to protect teachers? Did the teacher do something that put them additional risk? You know, it's all those things that they're going to have to consider. And it'll be a case by case thing. I, I'm I'm pretty sure that if they were to make it mandatory for people to return and mandatory, the teachers had to return and somebody wants to get sick, there, there are going to be some situations where the schools are going to be held responsible for that. But I'm, I, I, I can bet you now that every school is going to be trying to do everything they can to try and prevent, prevent that, you know, trying to establish you know, social distancing or whatever it may be and say that, you know, we did what we could, but we have to educate our children. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's not the schools making it mandatory. Most times it's the, the, yeah. the government. The so they'll say, look, go to, go to them because this is nuts. We're just doing what we're told. Did you guys hear about teachers in Florida who are actually suing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did not, but I did hear about a, uh, what is it, a mayor that's suing a governor? <laughs> because Atlanta. Yeah, yep, that's the one. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, was, I was looking at that as well. What what did you and they were saying how he's not suing the other counties and cities and they are all Caucasian men. You know, one thing that's going to come out of this, I'm going to be honest with you, are going to be the hilarious lawsuits. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can yeah. guarantee us this, this, this is going to be in the history books. How could you how could you explain this to someone who wasn't here for this? Like, think about this. In 30, 40 years, how are you going to explain this to your grandchildren? <laughs> so, uh, it was this time. Yeah. It's, we, it's, it's, we decided to ignore it. So, you know, that's why there's only mm-hmm. half of us now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's funny you actually bring up the, the Florida case because I, I looked at that one. I, I pulled up the complaint on that to see like what their argument was for trying to say that this this government executive, the, the order put out by the governor, governor was unconstitutional. And essentially their, their whole argument wrapped around like the Florida Constitution, which mandates that, uh, I pulled it up here, it says adequate provision shall be made by law for a uniform, if efficient, safe, and secure, high-quality system of free public schools. So their argument essentially is that opening schools up with the pandemic going on is not safe and secure as required by the Florida Constitution. So they're saying that, you know, this is actually unconstitutional to open up schools, even if it's mandatory or not. Now, whether that argument is going to hold up in court is to be seen. At the end of the day, it, it, it's like a lot of things in and in policies, it's based on the opinion of those making the decision because you can make the arguments that justify your point at the end of the day. So that that's really where it comes down to. That's why like voting for judges and things like that is, is extremely significant yeah. because those are the people who really make decisions at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You're elected. You know, we're almost having different conversations now with kids that are coming in and even teachers that are coming in and for the parents, the children were saying, you know, desensitize your child to wearing a mask, start doing it at home right now. So they get used to wearing it in the event that they have to go back. And then for teachers, you're saying, you know, this is how you prevent it. This is how you protect yourself. But then also update your will, get life insurance, because we never know who's the one that 2%, the 0.2% um, mortality rate, we don't know who it's going to affect. Yeah. And that's a, a conversation. You know, you know, the scariest part of this to me is my personal opinion. I feel like we're making a huge deal about this now and we're not really following social distancing guide. Not all of us, but some of us. I, I'm afraid that this thing is going to mutate into something that we can't control. Well, I mean, I don't control it now, but it's, it's going to turn into some super virus that... Super AIDS. <laughs> just, just like super AIDS, the one that was killing people when, in, in a matter of months. I think I found out from you. <laughs> I, I feel like this is going to mutate into a, a worse virus. It's going to be the point of, okay, now the mortality rate is 100%. You get it, and that's it. Like, there's nothing we can do for you, yeah. you know? Then what happens? Then it's going to be, now it's going to be a mad dash on wearing masks and yeah. closing the government and social distancing. And I, I feel like, like I said... Hindsight is, is something that we're, we're, we're great at. You know, we're not looking at these what ifs until, you know, it's too late, until it's, well, 
damn, now all of Florida is dying. What are we supposed to do now? Quarantine the entire state? Yeah. It's crazy to even think about that. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I'm not going to keep you guys. We're running a little short on time. I want to get to one more thing, man. What, what do you want to get? Kanye West. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, we, we go, since, since he want to get to Kanye West, this was our third topic. We're going to get to Kanye West. Yeah, before we um, I'm not sure how much you guys have been following, but over the years, he's been known to say some pretty erratic things. Um, the first one was slavery was an option. You know? <laughs> it's like, and, where do you even start? With you know? <laughs> and I, I, Started with Bush, right? Huh? Started with Bush. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know? Yeah. But then, I mean, and then the second, lately it was uh, uh, Harriet Tubman didn't free black people. She just made it so where they can go work for other white people. Oh, my God. <laughs> other, other white people. You know? And, and understand, I almost, I almost kind of get where he was going with it. Yeah. I just feel like he is tone deaf as hell and he just made it's inappropriate comments. <laughs> you know? They're, they're, he's looking at it from the wrong aspect, in my mm -hmm. personal opinion. But, you know, I'm not 100% sure that it's all him. Of course, he's having, he's had some mental issues and he's having some, a mental breakdown or whatever. Yeah. And, um, I, but honestly, you know, a lot of people are saying that, hey, look, a mental breakdown doesn't excuse ignorance and stupidity. Mm -hmm. I mean, what, what, what's your outlook on that? Anyone? Anybody. Mm. First. Mm. I don't think he's a damn fool, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's bipolar and he's got, he's trying to run for president right now. I think he's got no business doing that. See, but here's the problem. We are in a society where we will elect a celebrity over the most qualified individual, is true. which is crazy yeah, to me. Yeah. Like yeah. the fact that he said he was running for president and people actually thought about it. Yeah. Blows my mind. Yeah. That is, in, that, I don't even understand how that works. It's one of those things that you don't think is real, just like when Trump became president, it actually, yeah, yeah, it could actually happen. Really did. Let me ask you a question. What would you do if it did happen? Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I, I, what would you I, do I, if it did Honestly, I honestly have no answer for that. You don't have any answer? I, I really don't because... I mean, shit. <laughs> I stuffed you. Yeah, yeah, you really did. I'm a, I'm, I'm, listen, I don't shut up very often. I think yeah. you just shut me up. <laughs> Honestly, it's crazy because I feel like it's one of those things where at the end of the day, there's so many different opinions and so many different uh, thoughts out there and conspiracy theories that you don't really know what the truth is anymore, especially when it comes to celebrities. Like, you don't know if this is just a a ploy to get more people paying attention and, mm -hmm. and having his name in their mouths because if he decides to come out with an album now, Everybody's already talking about him. <laughs> yeah. Off another album. And I mean, on the other side, like looking at the presidential side of it, you know, there's there's people saying, oh, well, if anything, what he's really doing is splitting the vote for the Democrats. Because yeah. if he actually runs for, for now, he's pulling votes from Biden because a lot of Biden's followers are probably, you know, people who listen to Kanye's music. That's true. So now it's like, you know, you have these these opposing sides where you don't know what the truth is. So it's hard to really say. And it's, it's, it's easy to, to look at, we're in a, let's just say, we're, we're in a strange society where we have this habit of just following celebrities' lives and analyzing and microanalyzing every little thing that they do. And like, oh, well, this one said this about that and that. To, 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 like, at the end of the day, who really cares? Well, <laughs> it's, 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 it's significant to talk about because of the power that these people wield and the influence that they wield because they can affect so many people. But at the same time, it's like the people who we should be talking about are elected officials, the, the president, yeah. the governors, the, the judges, because those are people who make decisions every day that affect our lives. And a lot of times we will go and vote and just pick up the name that sounds interesting. Like, oh, yeah, I have no idea what this is, but I'm going to vote for this one. And you, you have no what idea what they respect. I, find, I, find, I feel the reason why that is, is that we as Americans, we like excitement. <laughs> um, we like to hear about gossip. We like to hear about news. We like to see change and disturbance because it gives us something to talk about. Yeah. And it's a hot button topic. And I think Kanye took a page out of Trump's book where they said no publicity is bad publicity. <laughs> and we have to be very careful here because before we're like, oh yeah, Trump can't be president. What happened? <laughs> this is the man who says, oh, you can just grab women by their private parts. Yeah. When you're rich, they let you do it. Yeah. <laughs> But then we have to also think as a people. Of course, it's sexy. What, what is our path 
as our country. I mean, is this person going to lead us on the right path or if voting for this person because it's a famous name in the household? We That's need to true. do better. How about you? That's Shane? a lot better. A lot better. Yeah. We're being honest. <laughs> but you know who I think is going to vote for uh, Kanye West? Uh, Trump. I think he has Trump's vote. <laughs> what do you think, Shay? You you gonna vote for for presidential candidate West? And no. Sunday service. That's what I thought. I said the Kardashians would be in the White House. Well, oh, I guess wow, I never thought of that. Oh yeah, shit. Black though, because all their yeah, men would be black. Yeah. The, White House. the first lady. Oh yeah, him. Yeah. Uh, magazines with her whole body showing. So I, I mean, I guess it'll be no different than Ivanka. Or that's right, she is posed in Playboy, mind you. Every everyone in the planet has seen our first lady naked. I'm just saying, and I'm not gonna lie to you. The minute she she became first lady, and I found out, I'm like, oh, Google, I need to see this. <laughs> and I'll be true. I looked it up immediately. <laughs> I'm not ashamed to say that. I'm, I'm really not. It's out there. But hey, you know what? This is a great conversation. I thank you all for coming on today. Really appreciate you guys. Before we go, I do want to do a couple of spotlights. Um, I do know that Shayla has her own business. Um, Shayla, give us some insight. All right. Well, um, thank you guys for having me on. Um, of course, if anybody needs spiritual healing, I also have a tutoring company. It's tidewatertutors.com and I do Reiki, psychic readings, crystal wrapping, spiritual coaching. You can find me at psychicshayla.com or follow me on IG at Shayla Nicole 318 And Alex, like I said, I know your daughter just started her own little clothing line. Um, give us some insight on that. Yeah, sure. So one day I came home and my daughter's like, oh, dad, I just uh, made a new work. I took the word sad and mad, put them together, and now I have smack. And I was like, all right, interesting, interesting. He's like, I want to make a shirt about it. And I was like, okay, what I want you to do is draw a rough sketch or let's see it on paper. Um, and I like to, I don't want to just hand the money and say, oh, daddy, I need $100, here's this, or I need $5, here's this, because it doesn't drive your, your desire to learn, to grow, to do something different outside of the box. So... Find that your responsibility. That's what I'm talking about. Trying to, trying to raise the next generation. And so I said, well, if you're going to do a shirt, draw it out, show me your business plan, and we'll, we'll try to do something together. So I reached out to somebody else, another um, friend from high school, and said, hey, can you put this together on a shirt? And he said, sure. So I said, no problem. But at the same time, to be socially aware and responsible, it's not just money that you're going to put in your account and spend. You need to help other people. Where do you want to help? Who do you want to help? So she said, you know, kids going back to school, I want to help other kids get school supplies. So, okay, you said 50% of your proceeds that you make will be going towards um, helping other kids get school supplies. Okay, that's dope. That's absolutely dope. Um, for all our files, we're going to go ahead and we're going to put the links to these two businesses in the, in the link below. Uh, go ahead and support your black business, man. Give them, give them a leg up. Again, thank you for joining us. Um, we'll see everyone next week. Have a good one. Peace. Thank you.